The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Eno Benjamin, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Roster Watch Roto <laughs> Underworld uh, co- co-sponsored content here from day two at the NFL Combine. He's the trash man. He's Cody Carpentier. My name is Alex Dunlap. We have a bunch of stuff to get to today because what happened today was early in the day when trash man refused to wake Nothing up. Nothing happened. Nothing happened for trash man. Except for, like- except for... Us finding out that Sky Moore is a dude. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah a dude. oh, he's a dude. Okay, so <laughs> and, and, and every player compared themselves to the best player at the tight at the at the position um, available. Sky 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 Moore though, very very cool about stopping, posing for a photo, and then very, getting and then getting left left left, well, left he, hanging to drive. He did not get left hanging. Cody Carpentier made sure that I don't did not leave Sky Moore hanging. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over just our thoughts from just the immediate availabilities from some of these wide receivers and tight ends and quarterbacks that we had today. We'll have running backs tomorrow. I also have prize picks pulled up um, where I feel like we like I just I kind of want to talk about some of these 40 time over unders with you guys. I I put in some prize picks uh, stuff here, which was really amazing that my VPN would allow me to do it from Indiana. But um, <laughs> well, that's so, why it's a VPN. Yeah, but anyway, so um, let, let's let's do that. Let's talk about some of the prospects first. Then we'll get into like we did yesterday, where we talked about some of the stuff that we learned from the head coaching and from the GM availabilities. And we're going to talk about some Darrington Evans tape. Yeah. Well, all right. So uh, first <laughs> Wait, off, it, it, it's going to last longer than the real answer. <laughs> okay. So uh, Traylon Burks, Arkansas. Yeah. Uh, Arkansas wide receiver. We're going to get to see tomorrow what this guy weighs in at. He said he wanted to weigh in at between somewhere between 225 and 228. That Pl- plain was, weight, plain weight. So I don't, I don't know what that means for tomorrow. Uh, yeah. The, well, all right. So that'll be an interesting, that's, that's a good point. That'll yeah. be like, so is his playing weight different than what he weighs in at tomorrow? Oftentimes we see, see these guys maybe come in a little bit light because they're looking to run fast. And let me, let me also say Cody, um, I, I don't know what Pete Bomarito is doing with these dudes in the hallways of the convention center, but they're they're running around on the carpet in the hallways. I am holding my breath and I'm saying, Jesus, man, I really hope that there's not some weird deal on the carpet where one of these guys ends up 
you know, busting their bankle or doing something. I mean, with their well, knee. they, I mean, well, they spent, well, they spent the last <laughs> three, four years banging into each other. Right. They but, have like but, a, but, but it's like you see all these non-contacts yeah. anyways. Right. And then like, you see these guys now they're sprinting in this hallway. And then you see clips of Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett in the hallway, you know, taking seven step drops and throwing. It's like, can we get these guys just send them across the street? Just go across the street and like can, okay, on open the, throwing or do open it on the stage. There's probably some. They probably have some sort of insurance. I um, but, but think about that. Well, insurance. Yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, how much? I mean, what, how, how many? How many of these guys <laughs> grow up? Grow up dreaming about getting their big insurance check because they're they're, they're well, so tearing their ACL. I'm just saying there's, there's okay. maybe some insurance clause with the convention. Center. Okay, think how, think how bad the NFL would look though if you say like, oh, you know. You know, Malik Willis tears his ACL in the in the hole. The NFL wouldn't look bad. Their idiot trainers would look bad. Um, true, true. Let's let, let's talk about Traylon Burks. He he's going to be doing all of his testing um, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow we'll get all the weigh-in numbers. We'll get everything else. The, the way that they're doing it this year is just wild because it used to be, uh, it, you know, they would do their they would weigh in and they would do their media availabilities and then they would bench press on the same day. Then the next day, we would have the quarterback wide receiver throwing sessions. These guys now on Thursday are going to have to, they're going to have to go do their weigh ins. They're going to have to, they're going to have to, they're going to have to bench and they're going to have to do the on field stuff. Clearly, clearly, I mean, it's bench not, doesn't matter for do, do quarterbacks even bench? But I would imagine it's like those do guys. It work out. <laughs> it would be it would be idiotic to do a bench lift, press dude? before your throwing session, wouldn't it? That's like a, that's a full day's workout. Like, yeah. So, We'll get the official measurements. Uh, it makes sense to me, though. I mean, like, I've, I've done powerlifting events. Powerlifting events start, we weigh in at 8 o'clock in the morning, and you do all these three lifts. You get done at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. And that that's kind of like the similar scale we're looking at here is they're going to measure and do all that stuff in the morning, and you're going to go bench. And then these guys, uh, like we looked at the, the schedule, they're not going to be at the turf until 11 p.m. tomorrow. So it's like you're talking about – Some of them won't if their last name goes through like yeah. M3. It's going to be a long, long day, and that's just right. like not optimal. And that that's a good reminder that we probably won't be able to do another one of these streams tomorrow night because hopefully we'll be inside Lucas Oil, you know, watching for, you know, our subscribers at Roster Watch, the subscribers at Player Profiler, um, every rep from one of these quarterbacks and these wide receivers. We're going to be in definitely with the first group. We're hoping to get in with the second group. But regardless, it's going to be a primetime affair, and so we won't have time to do this. Uh, at at night, but anyway, back to Traylon Burks. Any any thoughts about him? Like, I mean, he's 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 talking like he's he's going to run super fast. Um, the, I don't I don't know what the over under is over on prize picks. He was not one of the ones that I identified when I first went through with my, with my initial runs. It looks like they have him at a four, oh Jesus a four four zero four four zero. Yeah, and I mean, again, what's he going to come at? Is he going to come in at two two hundred twenty pounds? That's like. He comes in light like that, like it wouldn't surprise me if he clicked because that's been the rumor. The rumor has been like that at four three nine, that four four zero area. So it's, it's kind of ridiculous, but God, man, that's going to be something to watch. The other interesting thing about Traylon Burks, you know, people asked him about the fact he's like, man, you played seventy five percent of your snaps out of the slot in college uh, or in in this last year. Um, and to be like to me, I'm like I can't believe it was somebody. It feels like he probably lined up twenty percent of the time out of the backfield. Like he, he, Traylon Burks lined up all over the place. I don't have any worries about it. Traylon Burks says he thinks it's harder to play from the slot 
than it is to play outside. Yeah. He says these dudes at the line of scrimmage, like it's a lot easier to get off a dude at the line of scrimmage than it is to get past a to to get past a linebacker or a nickel corner and then deal with the safety uh, that they would have over the top for him there. So he said he's going to be fine wherever he plays. I think Traylon Burks, when I looked at his body type, Byron texted me. He said, is Traylon Burks a DK Metcalf? And I said, I'm not sure anybody's a DK Metcalf. But I mean, my, DK Metcalf, a DK Metcalf. My, my, yeah. My, I mean, my original comp for him was an AJ Brown, and I feel like that's kind of become sort of popular because people asked him what you know how he felt about that comp, and he said that he said that he liked it. You know, a versatile guy mm-hmm. that played a lot out of the slot in college. People wondered if he could play outside. He does not seem like he's worried about it at all. I think Traylon Burks, dude, he came in that dude. He was. He was talking about Debo he, Samuel. He's like, that's yeah, the guy. That I, he's, I was like, what? NFL teams are. It's clear that NFL teams are talking to him as a utility player that can do all kinds of stuff, like some sort of freaky Debo Samuel meets you know the Cordero Patterson role of this year. Like, I'm I, I'm not sure he'd be getting carries out of the backfield like Cordero. How about, how about Andre Johnson? We got a 6'2", 225 pounds. He gets that early first round draft capital four four, and if he runs that four four zero, which is what Price because him comp that. You're talking Andre Johnson territory, 6'2", 225. I don't think there's much value in that 4'4 four, four over at Price Picks, uh, personally. Um, okay, <laughs> what about what, what, uh, there are other ones that are much yeah. better? No, from a value standpoint, yeah, 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 like, yeah. We think that's a cool. That's yeah, a, um, I think that's cool. I, I might pick the over. Yeah, it's uh, close. Um, oh, all right, what about George Pickens? The one thing I noticed about Pickens, man, that dude's all business. He was still like he's all business. He's he's a super serious cat, man. Like he's not here joking around. He's not here messing around. He says that he wants to run a four three or a four four, which is so funny. It's like there's worlds of difference between yeah. a four three and the four four. But that was one I did notice on price picks four five five over under. That was one that was the first one that I said. Well, if this dude's talking about a four three four four, it's a four five five over under. Uh, really interested in really interested in that, but. Uh, clearly, he was hurt for a whole lot of this year. He talked some about that. He also talked about the fact that he had signed it. He signed some kind of uh, what did he sign? Some sort of um, he, signed, he signed like a, a, basically a deal a sponsorship with Tom Brady deal with TV Twelve. He signed a sponsor to do it TV Twelve. So he'll be one of their athletes. And he made an emphasis on you know Tom Brady's retired and I'm coming in. It kind of feels like a. A right fit. Not not like the guy. Not 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 like a passing of the torch. That's kind of what he was great from Brady to George Pickens. It's kind of like what he was saying like that. That wasn't like okay, Brady's out. I'm in. Like I'm the next. But it was more so like the fit just made sense from a you know I'm trying to I'm trying to keep that. Well, no, I think I I I think what he was saying was he says, look, I like this a lot. Because Brady's going to be retiring, and now they're saying they're leaving the light on for Brady, and Brady's acting like he's still, you know. But what I think what Pickens was saying was he was saying that he he he, he felt like it was cool because like now Brady's retired and he's spending a whole lot more time on his uh, you know marketing companies and stuff like that, and so it'll get him more attention. Of course, George Pickens missed much of the 2021 season, but from the 2020 season, we saw that he had you know 20 percent market share. At least across everything, you know, thirty-two percent of Marcus Sherry's team receiving touchdowns in uh, twenty twenty there for Georgia. And Pickens, he's big. He's he's um, big through his shoulders, big through his chest, big through his arms, like some kind of Des Bryant or yeah. something like that. Like That's I originally kind of comped to maybe a Mike Williams or a Corey Davis, but when I saw him, I kept thinking kind of he, he looked kind of Des like. Yeah. 
he, so when I when I asked him, I said, you know, who you model your game after? Who do you watch the most? What, what kind of like fits in that role? He said Devontae Adams, and then he said, I'm bigger than Devontae Adams, and he was dead serious about it. And then I said, with that, you know, what translates to the NFL best? And he's like, my ball skills. I'm, I'm, I'm best around the ball and downfield, and then causing penalties against against defensive backs. I mean, that's after the four or three thing where it's a contested catches. Contested catches, yeah. That's with the ball skills, but like. And then the four three thing, which I didn't want to really jump over, but when he said that, he's like, you know, when I say four three four four, that's what I mean. And when I say that, people say, "Whoa!" But I know I'm that fast. So that's like, and you said all business. He was strictly all business. It was like I'm not a four three four four. Yeah, he. I'm he, there. Like he wasn't having much fun. Yeah. Some of these guys were having some fun talking with the media. I would say, look, let's talk about Chris Olave, Ohio State. He wasn't a guy having much fun either. He was he was all business himself. He's a he's a low key kind of dude. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny because you know we've talked about the dichotomy of Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson at Ohio State, sort of the the difference between the two players. Olave seemingly a little bit more, you know, just maybe just not viewed as being as dynamic. Maybe a little bit more workmanlike. Um, He's the Alvin Harper to Michael Irvin. Well, here, but here's the uh, well. <laughs> Cody always says it's a Jarvis and an Odell Beckham, and I don't agree because Jarvis was not the athlete that Olave is. And I know that I went on, I went on Matt's podcast, I went on the Mind Dimension podcast over at Roto Wonder World Radio with with you after the Senior Bowl. We we're talking about Garrett Wilson, and I had said, you know, I had much more. Exposure to Gary Wilson because he's a Lake, he's a Lake Travis High School guy. That's that's where I I live on Lake Travis. Now maybe it's the Greg Jennings to the Devontae Adams. I I just it, doesn't Greg Jennings hate Devontae Adams? <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the I, I thought that it was I thought that Olave was a, I just I, I thought that Gary Wilson was just such a virtuoso, such a go up and get it kind of guy, such a you know one handed grab, sticky hands kind of guy. But the more and more I'm, you know, I, I'm going to go back on my take from that show. But the more and more I watch Olave, man, I think Olave is kind of a freak too. And I, I, I think mean, on his his state displayed Curtis uh, catchability, dude, all over the place. The thing is, yeah. he's more multifaceted than I, Wilson. I think he's. I mean, he can do everything Wilson can do. He, I think he can do more than his craft. His craft is more, more, of a, more of a chain, a chain mover. His craft is more. I mean, he's, 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 he's the all-time he's the better route runner. He, he's the all-time leading touchdown scorer in all of Ohio State history as far as wide receivers. I mean, he's just like Trashman says. He's a quarterback's best friend. But you take all that stuff, and we think about that kind of stuff. It, you think about how workmanlike he is, and how this dude can move the chains, and what a good route runner is. You forget the fact, like you look, we, we say it, like. It, Price picks should be paying us for this show, by the way. They're not. Yeah, they're not. Like, this isn't any sort of you know ad for them. But, I mean, you, they had the over-under on his 40 time at 4-4-2. He's, he's fast. And we were talking with an NFL scout when we got in here on Monday night, Cody, yeah. saying that, you know, you guys are going to be surprised by how fast Chris, o, Chris Olave runs. Yeah. It's like, so he runs this fast. He looks he looks dynamic. He's, he's so good with his separation. He's a stop-start you know, freak. Cut on a dime, dude. A quarterback's best friend. Sticky hands, workman like, but has that like. So with Olave, I like the way he came in. He was business like. He, he had a he. he I, I feel like he had a good day up at the podium. I think I, I thought Garrett Wilson had a good day at the podium 
I, I didn't I didn't see Gary Wilson before he jumped to him. Though, I just wanted to say a couple of things that Olave did say was uh, when he was pressed. You know, are you the best route runner in this class? He said, I feel like I'm the greatest. I feel like I'm a great route runner, but that's up for you guys to debate. He was kind of like, like that's a media thing. I don't really care about that. And then it basically said, you know, what do you need to do this week at the combine? He said, I don't need to prove anything. I just need to go up there and be mean. So he seems like he's pretty dialed in. He's pretty confident in his process. And he doesn't really let the outside noise kind of come in. I, I truly wanted to ask both Olave and Garrett Wilson, <laughs> who was the better wide receiver yeah. between the two of them. Whenever I – both of them were such nice young men that, like, I didn't want to, you know, if like if you soften in your old age. Yeah, I mean, like if, if there would have been jerks or something like that, I, I would have asked the question. But these aren't like GMs where we're going to give them the hard, give them the hard ball, man. Like, oh, they, 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 what, what do you have that the other one does not? Uh, you, just, you, just, you just don't want to. They were just too nice. We just want to friend off friend, man. These are good. Like these yeah. are good, good young men. Here, Wilson and Chris Olave, I, they're going to be. Uh, and golly, what would job Brian Hartline has done? At Ohio State with these guys. You got my guy, uh, Jackson Smith and Ben Jigba. And Jigba coming up right after these dudes. And, um, you can see why you can see why Garrett Wilson would leave the state of Texas to, to go to a place like, <laughs> like, uh, like, like, like Ohio State. We got, um, we, got, we got a comment in the chat. I got to stay. It's kind of funny. We all should make a bet on prize picks and the loser takes off the pet. Because I didn't lose. We all got hats. No, we got hats. <laughs> anyway, right. And I said this weird. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's my it's it's it's, it's my all the time hat. <laughs> it's all the, I don't think I've ever seen uh, Alex's hair. You guys saw my hair last night. I, 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 I just didn't have a hat on. Um, all right, so let's go to the next one. You, you you said David Bell. I didn't spend too much time over David Bell from Purdue's uh, uh, table for his podium. I did notice though. I mean, I feel like he's he looked like he was probably all of six two two oh five as he's listed. Um, I also noticed that whenever, you know, I always think it's so funny that, you know, he, he, he loves to continue to cop himself to Allen Robinson, even after Allen Robinson. Yeah, he loves that. Even after Allen Robinson hasn't been that good lately, man. David Bell loves him from Allen Robinson. And, and he was in a, he did a, a, a interview a couple weeks ago on the I Am Athlete pod where he talked about that Allen Robinson thing and how he actually didn't say that, you know, I want to be an X receiver as much as I want to be a Z and just that style. And then today he was talking about, how he continues to work down there. Um, and his biggest thing that, you know, I guess people told him was, you know, you're not good yards at the catch. And they asked, how, how are you going to get better at that? And he said, that's one of the biggest focuses just every day in practice. And the best way to do it is every day in practice, rep after rep after rep is as you catch the ball, make the move. And that was like the one big takeaway. I took him just like, he was, he was working. He was serious too. He was, he was a very good, he was like, he was one of the first guys up on the podium, but, yeah, big guy, big guy, and uh, I, I think Allen Robinson might be a solid comp. I I, I kind of think he reminded me of Rashad Bateman when I watched him. That's, um, yeah, I mean, Rashad Bateman's kind of, and look, he's only to be twenty one in his rookie year. Rashad Bateman's not that much different than Allen Robinson in the sense that when Allen Robinson was coming you know, he was a guy, guy that could do everything. Was look, chain, man, that was a chain mover. David Bell plays 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 absolutely fearlessly. That's like what. It, it, it's not what he does after the catch. It's what he does before the catch. It's what he does to sell his routes. It, like it, he's he's very, very, very crafty. You know, as far as a route runner, he's he's slinky, he's silky, he's he's very good. I was just wondering if he was going to be as big as advertised. I feel like he is, and to me, that bodes well for his ability to, you know, continue to improve at the NFL level. I, and we're seeing these mocks come out where like what Bell is uh, Bell and Bucky Brooks' latest mock went like. 
forgot where he went. He went somewhere in the first round, maybe 32. Yeah. He's been all over in that. In the entirety of the second round, the manipulation of the third round. Did you um, – I'm, I'm looking at some of this stuff, and I'm just like – I'm just seeing Jalen – I haven't seen Jalen Tolbert. Tolbert was in the corner. Okay. They, they jammed him in the corner, and I walked over there, and there was like a handful of guys over there, but he just kind of was like, this really surprised me. He was in the corner, A, it was a small school, and B, he really wasn't getting talked too much. He just kind of sat over there, and again, like I told you, you were, I think you were talking to Garrett Wilson at the time, and I walked over there, and I was just like, this guy – yeah. He's just a brick shit house for being and, six feet yeah. and a little, 195, 200 pounds. He's going to be a guy. And I just, yeah. What about what about Drake London? Um, the, the, you know, you go over there and you see him and we talk, you know, you, you asked him what his best route is and he says, any route's my best route. He's a very confident young man. Um, I'm not sure how fast, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm still working on my final evaluation on him. I'm not sure how fast he's going to be, and we're not going to find it out here. Did he say he's not going to go? Yeah, he, he, the way he worded it was, I'm 15% away from being 100%, and that uh, he plans to win his pro day. But so, so he's 85%. 85%. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's the weirdest thing ever. Um, okay. Um, but, yeah, but, but think about that, though. Like, So maybe he, at one point he could have ran a 4 4 5 And he's, he's hurt, and now he's at 85%. So even if he gets back to 100%, guess who never got that full – you know, eight weeks of 40 yard dash training. He's going to go out there. So it would not surprise me if he runs something that's very disappointing as pro day if he runs. So did, did you really think when you saw him today that he's purely six foot five? Oh, yeah. He's all of six, four, six, five. But he's, I think he's quite He just looks slender. I right. thought he looked slender. But yeah. He wasn't like, he wasn't thick like the Burks or like, like Colbert. You know? Yeah. I'm, whenever I saw him, I just, I, I was maybe expecting to see him in person, not, uh, not that I thought he looked slight, but I just didn't think he looked like a, you know, just the biggest, yeah. you know, the biggest beast that I that I'd ever seen. And yeah. we've heard all this talk about wide receiver one for uh, Drake London and some of that stuff. I, um, you know, I still, like I said, I'm still, still finishing the, the evaluation. Not he's not overpowering. He's not. He's, well, he's not. Well, he doesn't have a wide shoulder. Though, that's what it is. It's not a wide. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. You don't. I mean, to be honest, like a probably a wide. I'm not sure how good a wide shoulder pull is for you as long as the wingspan is. As long as your wingspan is long, you can go up and get it better without. You know what I'm saying? Without the hindrance of your shoulders coming out this far, as far as the as far as the distance from your neck. But look, man, um, I I thought that he was he was a good interview. We'll kind of see how things go tomorrow. I don't. Did he say whether he would be doing on field drills? Is it no on-field drills? It's no nothing? No, he's not. I don't think he's going to do anything. Okay, so it's no nothing from, from him. Um, I did not really get to see much of uh, Christian Watson. Uh, I didn't see I, him at all. I, I saw he was he was over at the far back podium. Um, Wondell Robinson, though, was one of the first dudes out from Kentucky. And he's a guy that Trashman said. He's like, I, I don't – Trashman did that evaluation. He's like, I don't know if this guy's a running back or a wide receiver or what. Is he tall? Um, they said listed at five seven. Is he five seven? Five seven. I I would think short. I would think that that seems short. And when I saw him today walking up, he didn't feel like no. I would think he's probably if dude if he's listed at five seven, that's that's definitely his true size. But he's certainly not being over. Yeah, he's really being listed at five. Listed at five seven, and when they had a picture of him next to Rondale last year, they were. Huh. Nearly. He was like in Calvin, Cal, well, I mean, let's just think about it. Calvin Austin at the, at the senior bowl was five seven and three eight. Yeah. Wondell Rob Wondell Robinson is as tall as Calvin Austin. Yeah. 
We have so, we have like five 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 eleven on here. Five ten, five eleven. Was that his unofficial list? That was his unofficial listing. I mean, that's and, and I didn't disagree with it. Yeah, he's not. I mean, he's not. He's not five eleven. He's not five. But he's a big guy. He's stocky. Built. Wandale. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I thought he was a running back. At, well, because I was watching the tape, I like to go back and see. Is this well, here's the thing, though. Watching? Here's the thing. If you had so many passes if, out of the backfield. If you thought he was stocky and built, if he was 5'11", and he really does weigh 180, 185, that's not really that stocky or that built. 180, 185, and more like 5'9", or 5'8", that's kind of stocky and built. So I think that's probably where we'll land. I mean, with one, dude, all this tomorrow won't even matter. So let's not talk about us projecting. Wandale's height and weight. I just I know that um I know that whenever uh you know whenever he was talking, he was saying all these guys, man, they talk about Devontae Adams and these dudes who are sort of uh the Wandale types, the um the uh the, the Traylon Burks types, these types of guys that all, all they want to talk about is Debo standing. Debo has become like a prototype dude. The players model themselves after, and I just love it. Well, if there's I somebody see. who reminded me of Debo Samuel, I guess in some sense, just the amount of action he got out of the backfield. Um, it was wrong that well, Neil Robinson. This is, yeah, he certainly he, and he certainly models his game uh, after him. I, um, other than that, I'm sorry. Just say, I mean, no, I was just gonna say other than that, like the same style, same body type would be this guy more who we talked about. What was your takeaway from Sky Moore? I know Trash Trashman wasn't awake for that, but um, I love, dude. I love just Sky. I, I love Sky Moore just as a as a dude. I mean, as far as whenever you watch his tape and you look at what he was able to do, you uh, love this uh, tape, Western. Yeah, I just thought. Well, I mean, how would you? How would you? If you just watch, I, I watch his tape and I thought he looks he looked like a jag to me. On he looks. He looks like a jag that has forty percent of his team's receptions, thirty nine percent of his team's. And that's it. And I'm saying that maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's. I mean, maybe the, it mitigates it. The fact that, like he got so much action. Yeah, you know, um, and he's got great hands. He's got maybe the best hands in this class. So and he, I think that combination, you know, bodes well for someone like that. But a lot of the tape I watched was him catching the ball and falling down and yeah. getting tackled. I think he might have missed some games. But like, I'm not sure. Like, his, his, his hands, PFF has him with four drops in 2021. So that's more than a lot of these guys. But, I, I mean, I, I do agree I generally. Think, generally, he looks like he has he has really good really good hands. He's a tackle breaker. He's good in space. Um, but he's cer- certainly – um, dropped only seven balls on 177 catchable career targets. Yeah, that's that's kind of good. That's, that's pretty good. good. That's kind of good. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. It's, it's, right. Think about so, seven balls on 177. Like a three percent. Okay, fine. So it's probably. It's probably I think I might have watched some of the ones where he had a few drops. But I, I I like Sky more more than you. What are I'll we tell talking? I tell you what. Maybe you like Sky more. I don't. Dis- I mean, I'm just saying from the tape. I just like. It, it didn't really line he's up a jag. He is the offense. No, I'm, it didn't line up to me. He's the offense. I understand that. I understand that. Just, but he just—I mean, like I didn't see a special player on tape. Okay. Well, he's he, he, just, he didn't he's, pop. He's jump got off the, the moxie. I thought the film was—I thought the film was requisite. Obviously, we talked about the numbers already. Forty percent. Um, when I when I saw him, it was just one of those guys which you walked up on, and he was in the side tables as well. He's a guy that just literally had like three people around him. And the energy was just like different when you were like, okay, what's up, Sky? What's up? and he was just like, boom right there talking, yeah, man. positive. 
he was not sleepy. Like there's some guys show up, they were just like he loves like he loves talking football. He loves he loves talking football. And my favorite thing was you know on your mentality. And this is some of my favorite questions. We kind of you know how I judge these guys is. And he's like, what's your mentality when you get the ball in your hands? And he goes, I want to score, and I don't want you to touch me. And it's like. I don't know. I, I really like that like, when they attack questions like that. It's like, well, you know, I like the, I like the, you know, how you gonna score without be, touching be, somebody? Be exactly. Be great. Be great in this offense, and I want to help my quarterback. It's like, I want to get the ball, and I don't want you to touch me. And I want to score. The the Alabama guys, Jamison Williams and uh, John Mechie. It's it's hard to really know with them. They're not gonna work out, of course. They're both coming off of going off of injuries. John John Mechie, those uh, he'll be. He's expected to be medically cleared by June. I'm not sure exactly when Jamison Williams is. His injury occurred, you know, very, very or in the in the six in weeks the, surgery, six weeks. Yeah, in, in the college football playoff. And so, but the positive on him before you move on past him is he said that he was walking from no brace. Well, I well, I I, I was his, I, I watched his ass walk up like perfect. everything was fine. Perfect. And then he says no was, brace. He's been doing running motion in pool. So, mm-hmm. and that's I mean, six weeks is. I, I had a couple of. Uh, you know, the fantasy doctor guys on Twitter reply, and they're like, "Holy shit, like, that's impressive!" It was so, fine. There's no brace, and they no said, how, "How would you feel uh, like right now, moving to like training camp? You think you'd be ready for training camp?" And he's like, "I'm not going to force anything, but obviously that's my goal." So, yeah, I think his head's in the right place. Yeah, I mean, it is too. Um, these other guys, I mean, we talked a ton about the, you know the senior bowl dudes, the Cal, the Calvin Austin's. The I mean, what we see. We, we almost got no 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 dubs today. No dubs. <laughs> yeah, but Romeo dubs ended up coming out. That was my favorite. I don't know, man. You got anything on the rest of these? Braylon Sanders. Uh, oh, uh, Danny Danny Gray. Danny, we talked about him before, man. He did he did say that he was hoping to run a low four threes forty. Cody and I we talked about. I think we talked that on the stream last night. Cody yeah. and I got in on it. Um, Danny Gray fastest overall and fastest receiver. Fastest wide receiver just before that thing just plummeted. Yeah. So um, we'll be we'll definitely be big Danny Gray fans tomorrow as far as his sure. forty, but I'm sure it'll be some. I'm sure it'll be yeah. somewhere in the four threes, uh, based on just everything we've heard from different yeah. scouts and everything else. What is, like what was your deal with with Danny Gray before he got a little bit banged up at the Senior Bowl? Just like did you like did I you like what you had seen? I liked him more than I liked uh, Reggie Roberson, and then obviously Reggie Roberson was twelve. I know Trashman, you like. You like Danny, right? You like Danny Gray as well. I, th- yeah, I, think, I, like Danny I just Gray. thought he separated better downfield. I mean, he, he prototypes as that downfield threat. So, um, four three speed man can't teach me. No. Yeah, who said it today? But somebody said Jamison Williams may be the guy. He said you can't teach my speed or something like that. So it's different. Let's see. So, um, Jahan Dawson, we didn't mention him. I didn't really get to see much of him. He was dialed in at the at the podium. I know I I, I got so tilted whenever people kept asking about you know have you been? He, he, it was some of your reporters more than asking. Have, have you talked to the Steelers? Have you talked to the Bengals? Have you talked to the Cowboys? Have you talked to you know uh, what do you what do you think about Coach Mike Tomlin? It's like come on, dude, you can't just waste all of our time with some shitty blog post you're going to write for your Steelers fan blog. About what this dude says about the Steelers, we met with him for thirty minutes. You know, one time over Zoom. To, to any reporter out there too that hears this, I doubt any of them will because you know we're all stuck in these small worlds. But um, these players openly say that they have informal interviews with all thirty-two NFL teams. So on day one and two of the NFL combine, you don't need to ask these guys who they talk to. 
Period. All right. All right. So let's talk about just some of the let's, let's talk about some of these wide receiver forty times over unders here that they have on prize picks. And tell me, you guys tell me what you think goes over under. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say it. Then I'll go one, two, three, and then you say over or under. Oh, right? All, All right. right. So uh, Jahan Dotson four, three, nine, one, two, three, under. Over. I think he goes over. I, I think it's over. I'm not sure over? one of the four threes. Really? I think he's more cat quick than he is than he is fast. It was kind of always watching Jahan Dotson look like a Deontay Johnson type of guy. Maybe not super, super, super fast, but definitely so quick that he makes you look like he's like that. Uh, Garrett, Garrett Wilson, a 4-4-4. Four, four, four. One, two, three. Over. over. Both the USA over. Yeah. Uh, Traylon Burks, a 4-4 four, four flat. At 200 and – we'll see how many – Give us a body weight. If he weighs 225 pounds, Traylon Burks at a 4-4 flat. One, two, three. Over. I agree. Uh, uh, We we talked about Wandale. uh, So, Wandale at a 4-4-5. One, two, three. Over. Under. I kind of think I'm going to crash again. I think he goes goes under. And then uh, the one that we talked about earlier, the George pick is 4-4. Four five five. I just think that's an automatic under. Yeah. I think the Chris Olave at four four. Here's this one: Chris Olave, four four two, one two three. Well, under. I'm with Trashman says over. Cody says under. I'm with Cody. I think that he goes under. He was asked in the hallway by uh, Jordan Reed. Shout out Captain Draft Network. Um, he's asking, "Are you going to run a four three? You got a little picture of him. Like, uh, you going to run a four three in the, in the forty? And he said. Maybe they're like, we're like, we'll see. And he like winked at him. And I was like, oh, that's comfortable. <laughs> like, you talk about, oh, obviously, got that, you know, yeah, people I don't start, I just start winking at people until much later. Any, <laughs> any, anything that anything that you guys have on the prospects other than what we've sort of talked about so far that I didn't, uh, that I didn't kind of steer the shit towards. Um, Otherwise, we could talk about, uh, we could talk about some of the stuff we got. I just don't see how Wanda Robinson is five foot seven. We're gonna see. We're gonna see tomorrow. Um, Trey McBride. Trey McBride is one that I, I caught for a little bit. I looked at him jumping. I hope I didn't talk about Loved him. Um, but one of the things I did catch was he was talking about run blocking and how that came first for him. And he's always loved being physical in the run game and just like that being something that he really wanted to bring to the NFL and and, and dominate with. And just people, whenever. You know, I came back saying from the senior bowl saying that Trey McBride was the best senior bowl tight end that I remember seeing. He's better than Troutman, better than Dallas Goddard, who was only healthy for a day, but like better than OJ Howard, who at the time was a big monster name. Evan Ingram was there that year. Um, and people said, Well, why didn't you only catch one touchdown after he had all these yards and stuff? He asked me about things like we were always in 13 and 14 personnel for Colorado State down at the goal line. Um, you know, it's just like it is what it is, and he's like, I wouldn't take it back because I wanted to score the touchdowns. Like I wanted us to score the touchdowns. That's how we were built to do it. That's how we were going to do it. Clearly, he has every ability to be able to be a red zone threat at the NFL level. We started this senior bowl. He's going over against the best senior in the country down there in the red zone. He's he's basically built for it. I can't believe that they didn't have something where it's like, well, if you're 13 personnel, why don't you flip this thing out? And just like, like yeah. you know, it's like it, it's, it's so crazy, ridiculous that, yeah. that you wouldn't. But um, anyway, all right. So let's move on to the portion here. We'll, let's just hit up some of the some of the availabilities. Um, let's maybe start out with the Titans. So we asked uh, 
I asked the Titans GM John Robinson today if the Titans are going to bring back Deontay Foreman. Uh, you know, mainly just for fantasy. It's like if Deontay Foreman's there and Derrick Henry's there and there's some sort of satellite back there. My worries were there could be something where they try and I mean Derrick Henry's going to be 28. My worries he, are he, he's 28 with the with the legs of a 23 year with the legs of oh with, no he's 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 28 with the legs of like some sort of creature that came from outer space. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's look. My worries were just like maybe if he's healthy through the beginning part of the season. Now that the season's 17 games long, the kind of deal where you can, you know, to, to where you can you can you can consider the idea that maybe if they're completely up and they're winning, you know, they don't have him icing off the game. The way that you can put Deontay Foreman in there and let him do it, and so I, I always thought if Deontay comes back and he's just the backup and he's just the insurance, it was a good insurance plan for them this year that we we, we won't just have Derrick Henry in some sort of satellite back, right? And we could we, we we could legit maybe have another one in the mix. It doesn't sound like John Robinson was that interested in bringing him back. Well, I think he's going to ask for too much money. The minute that I the minute that I brought up Deontay Foreman, all he wanted to talk about was Dontrell Hilliard. And so, to me, that kind of says, like, you got this redundant kind of Deontay Foreman deal with Derrick Henry. We don't know how it's going to go down. Maybe he's playing coy. But to me, it really felt like they want Derrick Henry. They want to do this kind of the other one. And then Darrington Evans, your your question, Darrington Evans ain't going to be playing with those guys anymore. Um, Trashman asked about him. Uh, he asked about Darrington Evans. He, uh, John, John Robinson said he was hurt. He didn't play for us. So and everyone went like, and it was like the whole. There were some group. there were some people around there that we sort of talked to off podium who said well, he's not gonna he's not gonna be back. And so you know if you want Darrington Evans in one of your dynasty leagues and somebody might not be on to this, uh, definitely sell him um, unless you think he might go somewhere else and and be able to you know fit into the culture better. But clearly the culture there was the Tennessee Titans. They're not fans of Darrington Evans. The joke I heard from a couple guys was like, yeah, just. Not to be on the team, and somebody was like, "Yeah, just go ahead and play video games." Because like I know he plays video games. Which maybe, he's just, maybe he's just not dedicated. He does, he does not he does not fit into a Mike Vrabel yeah. culture. No. Like, so it's very clear. And John Robinson and Vrabel, they're kind of the same way. They're yeah. kind of they're kind of prick. They're a little bit. I love little prickly. Bit, little prickly. They're dudes. Dudes. They, I mean, that's like uh, they don't they don't like Darrington Evans. Um, I'm not sure if there's anything else that you had that you know you particularly asked about with those guys. I know that they kind of talked a lot about Julio. They had a bunch of the local media talked about Julio. I wanted to ask Gravel where he got his watch. He he, he 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 probably would have he probably would have complimented your your, your sweater. Like yeah, he he would have caught some. Gravel's not scared to, to go after me. It's kind of fun watching, but that's that's one thing I, I reason I didn't really go after him. Ravens. Um, we got to talk to. Uh, GM Eric DaCosta today. I asked him how J.K. Dobbins is looking and if he's kind of getting back up to speed. Just how's he moving? How's he running around? How's he? He really wouldn't. He wouldn't answer any of these questions. What he did answer was he said, "Look, we're like last year. We lost J.K. We lost Gus Edwards. We lost Justice Hill, and those are three guys who we plan to have back, and we're so excited to have back." Um, you could really tell, like, he was beaming when he was saying about getting these two guys back. To me, it's like, to me, it's whenever he brings up all these guys and he talks about it like this, 
we're going to be back to the situation in 2022, like we were coming into 2021 before disaster struck in that backfield, where we're going to be talking about a committee. And it could be that people are overvaluing J.K. Dobbins due to the fact that Gus Edwards is still there. I mean, he says Gus Edwards is coming along. I don't think so. so. Just for the fact that they run the ball maybe more than any other team. Well, they, they certainly do. And you're going to deal with committees everywhere. But with that being said, I'm not sure I'm not sure that some of the elite, you know, people drafted J.K. Dobbins in the same year that they drafted a whole lot of these other real good young runners. It's the Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift year, like this big year. But, but then again, whenever J.K. Dobbins was being drafted, he wasn't being drafted as that. Back. He was drafted as a guy who would have a shot. He was he was he he, he was being he was being drafted in a dynasty at the one point oh four, wasn't he? I mean, is 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 is, is, is my that's, memory completely that's, shot? No, that's what it's I, like. I, the mean, I, was, I, was, I was talking about Magus more in redraft leagues. Um, right. Well, for, dy- yeah. for dynasty, the dynasty for, spot though was we were looking at him as that guy that could be. Yeah, like, that guy that could be. But he, I mean, like he was, wasn't going to be given anything. You know, he worked his way into that role. But, but I think when he, when, as prospects, it was like, it was, it was, I think the hierarchy was like Taylor, and then it was the Swift and Dobbins thing. And we've seen what Swift and Taylor can do. And I just don't know if Dobbins is ever going to get that draw opportunity that those guys have gotten. Yeah. I, look, it's going to be a committee moving forward. I mean, even the fact that he was so pumped about Justice Hill, I was thinking maybe Justice Hill by now might be up for free agency. That like, I, like, I didn't even look and see what his status was. But like they're interested, but they're just saying like all three of those guys are real, real key cogs. There's something to keep in mind as far as the volume there. I mean, it could be split up. I, I pressed. I said, "All right, we'll, all right, enough about Justice Hill, Jesus, Jesus." How is J.K. Dobbins moving? Yeah, yeah. Like how's he? Like how does he actually look? He's like I see facility sometimes. Funny story. He's actually my neighbor. Uh, my wife makes him cookies. All this shit like that. And then he moves on to the next. He never told me how he's how he's moving. Yeah, you know. So well, his wife so he's is making him cookies. He might probably not too lame. Yeah. Well, well, I also asked Acosta a question more so about the more so about the NFL draft and kind of this class, and it kind of caught me off a little bit because I said, you know, what's your favorite position to, to kind of look at and scout in this class? And he jumped to offensive line, whereas a lot of these GMs have said edge and, and D line, and so he said he liked where the depth was at in the offensive line. He obviously alluded to the edge. And then uh, one note that he did see because I've seen in some mocks where the Ravens are getting, you know, Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley. He mentioned that uh, oh. he he mentioned that he thought you could draft a cornerback in any round of this draft that could contribute to your team. So I really thought that was interesting. For me, that tells me they're not going to take one in round one, and they're focusing more on the interior, which I think they should be. So I think- no, that's interesting. Yeah. Golly, you just think about it. You mean they're not going to draft another receiver? You think about it from (laughs) you think about it from a logical standpoint. How just how how depleted that? I'd have to go look and see who all who all said to be free as far as I think it's a backfield. I mean, they they like they lost five of the five of the and they kept losing five of the first their first five guys up by the end of the season. They 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 were all done. Um, uh, Jets GM. Joe Douglas, I asked him about Michael Carter, what the year one evaluation was on uh, Michael Carter and what he thought the optimal number of touches for a guy like Michael Carter was after getting to see him uh, for a year in that offense. I'll just read what he said. He said, young young MC is, is, is what they call him. So I'm going to start calling Michael Carter young MC. I love that. That's the said, move. He said, he said, young MC is a dude. Unbelievable contact balance, elite feet, a weapon out of the backfield in the passing game, really good hands. In terms of optimal carries, touches, 
that's dictated on a game-by-game basis by our staff, but this office has had a lot of success with a really strong rotation. But we do love Michael. So basically, I think that's like we love him, but we're still kind of need a committee. Yeah. But he's gonna be the one A. I, I think that that's kind of I think that's kind of where that that's kind of the way I feel. Because you can tell when these teams they talk about these guys that they love. I mean, he really like he loves him from young think MC. Of, exactly, young MC. Like this dude's got a nickname. This dude comes in. He said he he contact balance. Think about that in comparison to uh, where's Darrington Evans for this moment? He didn't play for. He, well, think about think about those I know, I know, but like think about the hierarchy of that is like they're they're committed to him. Like he's a he's a dude. In the, in the, you don't just get young MC like that's that particularly I'm a big Michael Carter fan, but that was like a very positive note to say they they're not going to go draft Brees Hall, they're not going to go draft Isaiah Spill. You know, Joe, Joe Douglas was asked about Braxton Berrios, who apparently is going to be apparently apparently is going to be commanding some kind of you know, in the open marketing. And he said, "Look, he said, look, you got to bring back guys who do, who do everything the right way." And Braxton did everything the right way for us. It, it feels like they're going to be interested in Braxton Berrios. I couldn't believe that Cody was able to do it, but he actually got in a question about our boy Denzel Mims. What, like, my boy. I, I fit it in, and, you know, I didn't really want to go back to the well, but I did. I said, you know, where does Denzel Mims fit in here? We've got all these fresh faces, Berrios, Elijah Moore. I didn't really want to say Corey Davis. Can I hear him? And he, I said, has the ship sailed? And he went back to the, no, I wouldn't say that. Obviously, he was injured all season last year, but. No, he didn't say that. He said well, he, he, was, had, he, had he said sickness. He said he his bouts with sickness. And was that still from that bad salmon? This bad, the salmon was bad. And why did he have multiple bouts with sickness <laughs> over this? He got a weak stomach, and he must be not eating gluten or something. But I don't know. I don't know what. Hey, <laughs> I don't know what it is. But anyways, he said that he was still committed to Denzel, and that he thought Denzel was, you know, making positive moves inside inside the facility. So, I hope so. He was my favorite receiver in that class. Yeah, he's a good Jesus, one. We, he was, he was, he, he was, he was certainly. Senior I think Bowl he was stud. certainly my favorite at that Senior Bowl, and that Senior Bowl had guys like Chase Claypool and Michael Pittman there. So, yeah, uh, we call him Motel Mims, man, because he's like Motel Brady, where you leave the damn light where on. You, where, where you leave the light on. Okay, Forty uh, ers So we had GM John Lynch today. I asked what happened to Trey. What the hell happened with Trey Sermon in twenty twenty one, and what the expectations were for Elijah Mitchell coming into this year. Basically, what he's – they call – so speaking of nicknames, they have a nickname for uh, Elijah Mitchell too. They call him Drano, which I'm not sure is um, – I like. I think I like Young MC better than Drano. When you said it, I was like – They call him Drano because they say he's like the drain clog, unclogger, that you can put down into the drain. They can find the little crevices and the crannies in there to be able to oh, get yeah. through and clean everything up. Um, they just say he's just so good through the line of scrimmage like that. I, I mean – so I guess that's kind of neat. He just said he showed a ton of toughness, you know, playing through these injuries that a lot of guys would have not wanted to play through. And he's had a really, really good year for him. And you saw it towards the end of the year, as John Lynch said, how much playing time he got. As far as Trey, he just said Trey had to – he had to make an adjustment as far as how he runs the NFL. And he gave him a bunch of lip service because he picked him too early. Yep. And he said, look, we're, we're still excited about him. But you saw Jeff Wilson came back. You saw that – Elijah Mitchell started to run good. You saw that, you know, Debo, we got him so involved as far as, you know, and, and we like having Debo involved like that. You know, it's just like, it's kind of crowded. And to me, I'm saying like, well, how can you be that excited about him when you're talking about the fact that he can't get involved in this between even when Raheem most was hurt right off the bat. Um, so I think that's kind of some lip service. I'm not going to be buying too much into it. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure where 
I'm going to be able to get any kind of value next year as far as at least as far as redraft from the from the 49ers, maybe unless you, they trade Lance late because it just feels like with these running backs, Debo Samuel could always swim lead. But what yeah. if the whole Debo Samuel rushing that, – that rushing role was unsustainable from last year. He said, he said, uh, he said a few weeks ago that he wanted to be – I can't remember if it was a thousand, a thousand or something like that. That was like one of his goals. That he thought that that was Elijah Mitchell said that he could play running back. He said Debo could play running back. And then Debo was asked about it. He goes, You know, I could go for a thousand, a thousand. And he was like, That's crazy. But like, if that's even in the thought and he brings that up to Shanahan and they're like, Yeah, we're going to keep using you. I think maybe, I think maybe how you could put it. That's that's about it. But again, if Lance is a quarterback, it's just like, it's gonna be but a then, I mean, you got Kittle, you got Debo, you got Ayuk, you got Trey Lance, who's looked like I mean, it's like he's gonna run the football. But I mean, it's gonna be a, a much lesser volume, I think, as far as total pass attempts. If that guy's in his first year, so I mean, but what did we? I mean, Ayuk was lauded on his ability after the catch. I, mean, I know, but how many of these guys that are lauded? I mean, that's how they built their team with dudes who are dogs after catch. Debo is. It's what I yeah. think is. I mean, so it's a guy who maybe doesn't need that, uh, you know, really high volume. Well, I mean, yeah, well, sense. look, man, that's going to be an up and down player in fantasy football, as you know, Trash. Man, I'm not going to be too interested. Um, all right, let's go on to the Panthers here. GM Scott Fitter, he talked about CMC's injuries. Um, you know, just people were asking, is he is he injury prone? Clearly, CMC was a big topic of discussion. He, he says his injuries, if you look back at him and you really do look at him, they're fluky, right? They're they're they. Uh, it wasn't. He doesn't think that they have to do with the fact that he's just he has all this wear and tear on him, and that he's just injury prone. He says that there are things that they can do to where they can um, help him get touches in different spots. One of the things he mentioned was getting touches, uh, getting him in the slot more, less wear and tear out of the slot, and maybe out of the backfield. They're working with uh, their staff there in Carolina about ways that they can help him during the week of practice. Uh, to be able to rejuvenate his body. And they, he also said, this gives me credit, he's taking a lot of time and he's been communicating with the team about, um, I guess, like practices that he's been looking into about ways he can keep his body kind of ready to go. I think CMC's tired of the injury-prone label. Yeah. And so for me, it's like we see him in the well, series. I'm tired of him not playing a full season. Well, look, man, I'm tired of it too. But we saw in the Sirius XM on Sirius the other day whenever we were doing the Sirius show, and the hosts on the channel had CMC at, at pick seven as the consensus. And I was like, 1.07. Like, look, I was, I was like, this is idiotic. These people don't know what they're talking about. They're being way, way, way too overreactive. You look at an underdog. He's still one at the 1.02. Um, I think that that's probably. Uh, I've seen him at 101, too. Like, it's it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be where CMC lands, and I really think that this – I mean, he's going to be 26 years old. You're still going to get people that are going to press that button. Uh, uh, you know, so that, that's what I have. I know that you got to ask Fitter, though, about some of your most sweet angels at the wide yeah. receiver position. Yeah, so I got to ask Fitter about you know, Terrace Marshall and Sky Smith and where they fit with the offense. Uh, he mentioned Terrace Marshall had a fantastic camp, and then it didn't hit in the season, but he said that – he thought uh, Terrace Marshall had worlds of talent, um, which to me felt weird because if he, if he had a great camp and he didn't transit to the season, you kind of alluded to the quarterback situation. Um, is he maybe a guy that doesn't show up on the game? You know, he doesn't show up on games, but he's a great practice player. Um, and then Shai Smith, Shai Smith was the other guy. And I was wondering, you know, is he maybe going to get into that potential slot role, maybe behind DJ Moore? He said, we want him to be number four. 
Um, but we want him to mainly play more special teams. He needs to be a gunner. He needs to be a punt returner. He needs to be more special teams yeah. there and then commit to being that wide receiver four right now. Shai Smith, only roster in, in 12 team dynasty yeah. leagues where you roster 25 plus. You need injuries. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we'll say about that. I, I, I just, the, the, the commanders, which I'm still not used to saying. I'm not sure I'm ever I used to Washington. saying it. Yeah. Uh, the commanders, we had GM Martin Mayu. Um, I, I, Crash me. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to eat a little crow on on, on all your Antonio no Gibson? Crow to be eaten. There's no crow to be eaten. You don't believe that they believe in Antonio Gibson, and, and I feel like that answer that Mayhew gave you today was one of the most, one of the one of the most uh, stand up with a backbone and talk about your guy like he's your guy. Well, Unlike you were think, talking about Antonio Gibson. I think he's supposed to say that because there is a scuttlebutt that they do want to bring Jaden McKissick back, and they also want to add more more depth to the backfield in addition to that. Well, look. I mean, he talked about Antonio Gibson's toughness. No, no, we didn't I think just Antonio, talk about it. I think Antonio Gibson's a great player. I'm just curious about them wanting to add more help in that backfield. Like, he wha- he waxed poetic J- about outside it. Outside of J.D. McKissick. He talked about this guy. How can this guy every week? He, did, he said, he said you, you get to Wednesday, you look at him, you're like, how the hell is he going to go this week? And he's got this thing on his shin. He's got all this stuff. You go in the, you go in the trainer's room, you look at it. You're like, there's no way he's going to go. He has a, he's like, what, did he miss one game? He's like he goes for a thousand yards. He's the toughest son of a bitch we've ever seen. You've seen what he's able to do. He helps us in so he many ways. Not curse. He gets well. <laughs> yeah, wait. I want to know this because I don't know. Where, where does Trashman have Antonio Gibson in dynasty? Lower than pro, player profiler. Where, where um, does Trashman have him? Well, it's tra- uh, look, he's, but he's, does, he have, does, does he have tra- him in the trash can or does he? No, have he's him? not in the trash can. If you look, okay, it's don't oh. judge it by the number. You have to look at the guys that he's okay. behind. So let's just see the dynasty rankings. I'll pull them up. Dynasty top two fifty at rosterwatch.com. Uh, Where's he on yours? The overall number, or the overall guy, or the or the running back number. Do, do overall first. So overall, and you well, probably well, moved. I mean, like for, you probably I'm, moved I'm, him for one I'm QB. Def- I've definitely moved him, moved him up. for one QB. I've definitely in, in 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 one QB overall number. One, two, three, seven. 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 What do you have at running back then? Running back. And I think it's fine. I think he belongs with, with Cam Akers and Travis Etienne. I think that's like the, the, the right. So you got, yeah, we talked about Etienne yesterday. So you guys have Etienne. Uh, uh, well, maybe you have these. We have Gibson, five, Akers, six, and Etienne down to 11. We have Akers. Tra- well, Trashman has Akers. Akers at Akers. Antonio Gibson is between running back nine and twelve. Okay. I think we need. I think we need to. I, I think we need to bump up all this. I, I mean, Acres. Yeah. You saw what Acres. You saw what Acres was doing. But here's but the I thing. I saw what Acres didn't here's do the, in, the, in here's the, the Super Bowl. Here's the thing about. Here's the, the, the thing about Trashman. He's still in love with with Nick Chubb being above either of those guys. Really. And to me, I don't understand. Maybe you could explain that here. Like, yeah, I was gonna say like, we have him at seventeen. That's like. I mean, Nick Chubb is still, is he 26? 26.1. Yeah. You're just talking about how Christian McCaffrey's 26. And, and Nick Chubb is one of the best pure runners that we've seen ever. Absolutely. And, and he, but, and he gets the touches. Kareem Hunt's there. And he gets the touches, even with Kareem Hunt there. Yeah, but he's not going to get the receiving work in the 20s. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can't have a guy like that and stop. I think, six, that, seven, I think that probably 
That's an adjustment I think we need to make. And he, and he doesn't and he doesn't have the injury proneness that Antonio Gibson does. Well, it, Antonio Gibson, how injury prone is he? He played. Yeah, I was gonna say you were, you were worried all week, but he played. He fractured his shin. You were worried all week, but he played. We got injuries. Uh, and, and, he, and he was fine. He was fine. He got concussion. MCL sprain, calf strain, rib injury. Like, uh, he's uh, been. Uh, 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 nice. <laughs> yeah. oh, three games. Uh, we're talking. We're talking. That's, that's my, consider, consider, considering how much he touches the ball. That is mine. Okay. So anyway, uh, as far as I asked, I asked Martin Mayhew about JD McKissick. Um, he's 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 a free agent. He was last making. I thought Cody on your uh, great article, the other player profile that I've been that I've been. Um, Using during these uh, during these availabilities, when I'm talking to these GMs about these, I think he's making 1.6 point 1.625 million last year. It doesn't seem like Mayhew's going to have that kind of money uh, this year, especially with the, yeah. what they've said that they're canvassing the league. Well, uh, well, they want to bring the back Cam Sims, and 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 they and they're meeting this week with yeah. Terry McLaurin's agency yeah. in India about giving him the extension. So, like, there's there's some things that they got to pay for. They, I could just get Logan Thomas. I can't believe that. Cash. I can't believe that Logan Thomas. Deal. I looked at that today. I mean, they're giving Logan Thomas eight million a year, and they're paying him for the next two. Uh, so there's just there, there, there's some stuff going on there. But they basically said, look, with JD McKissick, we want a bag of stuff. But we understand if coming up to the 16th, if there's another team that really wants him. Yeah. We can't say like, hey, wait around for us. Like, you know, we, we and, can't guarantee him a spot. And he's out the door. That opens the door for Curtis Samuel if he can stay healthy. Yeah. So uh, that's one other thing you need to, you need to think ahead about. Here's the other thing. You might think about the Washington <laughs> Commanders, uh, the Washington Commanders uh, wide receiver core and believe that maybe, you know, if you're doing your mock drafts thing, they might send a wide receiver there. That is not going to happen. Yeah. Martin Mayhew says that they are very happy with their guys and they are expecting a big second year out of Diami Brown. Which um, I'm not sure that I believe because why would they throw so many balls to uh, to DeAndre Carter last year whenever he was healthy or who was number one was that DeAndre Carter? Like, you know, yeah, I mean if DeAndre Carter was at the end of the year he was getting like nine, ten targets a game. For no sense. Well, I think it's just Tate, uh, Taylor Heineke. Heineke. And the, here's the thing, like it's I didn't hear a single question about Heineke today. I did. So it was all. Well, really, I heard. Well, I asked about a quarterback. Well, they, and then, well and that's and all May, they talk about. Well, is and then Mayu said, "Let me first say that I love Taylor Heineke. Rivera, Rivera said uh, with Josina Anderson after we had already left, uh, they did a one-on-one sit-down, and Rivera said that they want to go for a veteran. So I don't think they're going to be drafting a quarterback. Well, that sounds like that. I mean, but you remember this time of year, all you're going to hear is lies, lies, lies. But not from your boys here at Roto Underworld and your boys here That's at Roster Watch. All right, so let's go on to Eagles GM Howie Roseman. Yep. Um, trash man, this was something from you. I, I, I did not even go listen to Howie because I'm so tired. Speaking of liars, I'm tired of listening to this liar every single year. Yeah. Pee, on, pee on my leg and tell me it's raining about idiots like J.J. Ortega Whiteside. Going to make a, make a big step in year two. I'm done. I'm boycotting him. Uh, but what did he tell you about uh, wide receivers? Because you asked about wide receivers other than Devontae Smith. Yeah, I asked him, you know, <laughs> what he said. <laughs> back to make a step forward outside of Devontae Smith. He said, so when you look at Quez Watkins, and I was like, Quez Watkins? <laughs> well, he said, I think he said he had a heck of a year, and then he moved to a position that he, you know, didn't play in college. Um, so he had to learn, so he had to, had to learn that. 
said he was extremely talented, hardworking. Did you have to push him to bring up Jalen Rager, or did he bring he him up? Not, he did not talk about Jalen Rager. He didn't? No. I heard later I heard later when I walked up on there, he somebody asked him about Jalen Rager specifically, and he said, we just need Jalen to do what we drafted Jalen to do. Yeah. Oh, no. I was Oh, sorry. I was talking about the quarterback. What? Jalen Hurts. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Okay, no, 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 no. Rager, the wide receiver from PCU. Yeah. No, Hurts is who I'm talking about. Is that's who he said he needs to do things to do. That was in context with Quez. Oh, Quest. I thought Rager. Because I was talking about the receiver core, and he says, he brought up Quez, and he's like, it's like in addition to like Jalen needs to be a better quarterback, basically. Oh, okay. Whenever you send me the, whenever you send me the, the, uh, the transcript from your quote, I thought you, since you'd asked about the, Wide receiver. Yeah, it seemed like a non. It was kind of a non sequitur in a way, but it, so, it was related so to wait, the wide receiver. You asked court. about you asked about wide receivers not named Devonte Smith and Jalen Rager's name didn't even come up. No, so it's Watkins, baby. Quez. Okay, Watkins, baby. Finally, let's finish. Uh, do you do, 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 do anything else besides like Seattle? Because trash man. Yeah, I kind of a couple Seattle things. I kind of Miles Sanders quote, um, and basically it was just like how he said the best is yet to come with Miles Sanders, and. Because they said he's, a, he's such a liar. That's I'm just saying that's what the, that's what he said. So we got that for a quote. You know, next year when he when he gives him 12 receptions and Jordan Howard has 35 carries in the game, then we can come back and liar. Pete Carroll on Rashad Penny, who they it, Cody made. Did, could you look this up and see? But did they decline to pick up the fifth year option on Rashad Penny before he went absolutely bananas and <laughs> and, and and ended up and, and ended up being a dude. Who you would have absolutely needed to pick up the fifth year option on after you took him in the first round of of, of the draft, May third, twenty twenty one. The Seattle Seahawks declined. Okay, so they declined to pick up the. Fifth I would have declined him then too. Trashman <laughs> asked about Rashad Penny. He said, "Pete uh, uh, Carroll said it was so obvious when he was fully recovered." Did he really like a finely tuned Ferrari? Yes, he talked when about he got a going, machine he like a Ferrari. His explosiveness was so obvious. He's he, super psyched he, about it. As old as Pete Carroll back. is, he's the most animated, like, go get him, like, coach. We, we want to get him back. He's on, our, he's on the autograph row. And he's just like signing. He's like, oh, he's got some USC Trojan shit. Let's go. Like, yeah, dude. Okay. Chill so, he's got a motor. Chill okay, out. So we got, we got one more guy to talk about. But before we get out of here, just, just, just remind you follow Cody on Twitter at Carpentier NFL. You can find Trashman and I. At Roster Watch, of course, Cody's content over at playerprofiler.com. You can find us at rosterwatch.com. We're planning to have this stream tomorrow unless we kicked out of the second session of quarterback wide receiver drills. Trash man, I'm going to ask you who this quote is about. Okay? I'm going to ask you who this quote is about, you're, and then you're going to tell the audience, and then Cody's going to get us the hell out of here, okay? Here's, here, here's the quote from a certain NFC West coach. I'm counting on blank to be a big part of what we're doing. We had every intention of that going in. He showed us enough in minicamp when he first got started, but then he got banged up. He never really caught up. He's explosive. He's smart. He's tough. He's going to be involved in the kicking game. I think he'll be a significant part of the offense and that we can do a whole lot of stuff with him. The player that Pete Carroll was talking about, a man, man, D. Eskridge.